celebrating some of the unsung heroes in business aviation flight operations on the birthday of the industry's very first aviation maintenance technician. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news. May 24th marks National Aviation Maintenance Technician Day across the U.S., a day to celebrate our industry's AMTs and Airframe and Power Plant Mechanics, ANPs, and to recognize the work they do to keep our aircraft flying safely. The day also marks the birthday of Charles E. Taylor, the world's first AMT who designed, built, and maintained the engine for the Wright Brothers' first aircraft beginning in 1903. Today, NBAA is commemorating National AMT Day by speaking with four noted professionals in the field. Pioneer Aviation Management President Patrick Delahousse retired last year after decades in the industry, while Lindsay Price, an AMT with Amway, has worked in business aviation for six years. Andy Keel is Vice President of Fleet Maintenance for Executive Jet Management, and Nathan Winkle is President of Thoroughbred Aviation. Nathan, let me start with you. When did you first become aware of the AMT as a potential career path, and what led you to pursue that vocation? Yeah, my uh, aviation story is very happenstance. You know, I grew up in a very small farming town in North Texas. Um, Aviation was something we saw on TV or, you know, flying way overhead. It wasn't something that was, um, you know, I don't have a a genealogy rooted in aviation like many others do. Um, I went to a recruiter uh, my senior year of high school, joined the Air Force, and the first airplane ride I ever took was to San Antonio, Texas for basic training. And um, as fate would have it, my first assignment was on the B-1 as a crew chief, and I've been hooked ever since. Lindsay, how did you get started in the industry as an AMT? Yeah, so when I was in high school, I was actually um, planning on becoming a band director. And I took uh, my first ever flight, it was a commercial flight, um, to a leadership conference. And, you know, it was kind of like, man, this is pretty, pretty cool. Why don't I look into doing something in aviation? So I came back home, did some flying with a Young Eagles group at a local EAA chapter and started hanging out with some of the mechanics. And it was one of those things where kind of light bulb moment hit me and I was like man as a kid you know I was always the one hanging out with dad and you know doing carpentry stuff and and building stuff around the house with him and just said you know this would be the the perfect match to to go maintenance in aviation. Patrick you're not very long into your well-deserved retirement but looking back on your career what led you to becoming an AMT? That's correct. I retired last year out of aviation, spending 59 years of service. But my beginning in, the, in, in aviation, I guess, started around age 12, where uh, I grew up in a house of brothers. I have 10 brothers and three sisters, and out of the 10 boys, uh, four went aviation. But two of them ended up in the flight to side, and two were in maintenance. I was always drawn towards the airport working for one of them, uh, for either flying or whatever. So that's how I got started. I read my my path in aviation had been chosen for me, I guess, when I was born. It's just born into an aviation family. Andy, what's your story? Yeah, I got started in the industry, uh, got my, my passion for aviation growing up uh, close to an airport in uh, northwestern Indiana. 
and spent a lot of time outside as a kid and being in close proximity to the airport, always having airliners overhead and a lot of aviation traffic overhead and, and seeing airplanes take off and land. It caught my eye and, you know, coming through high school and realizing or thinking about what it is I want to do when I grow up and what I want to, what I want to be aviation just seemed like the natural fit and was uh, fortunate enough to get some flight lessons uh, after high school and decided that I wanted to go to college to pursue aviation. How have you seen the AMT role evolve during your time in the industry, Andy? And what are some of the aspects of the job that you find most satisfying? I really believe that the title AMP truly is all-purpose. I got my AMP in 2003 after graduating from college and uh, spent some time working in a repair station and sheet metal repairs, heavy inspections, bucking rivets. And, you know, now we're we're working on, you know, some of the most technologically advanced aircraft uh, there are today where doing a post-flight inspection or, or uh, working through discrepancies is, is done more so with a laptop computer and an iPad uh, rather than bucking bars and, and grease guns. So uh, it, it's been quite interesting just in, you know, the time that I've been in the in my career and in an aviation uh, for the last 18 years, seeing things advance in a relatively short amount of time. Nathan, how have you seen the AMT role evolve? Yeah, I agree with what Andy said. I also think that the other part of the evolution has been sort of a necessary evil when I first started out in the 90s. I, I, I can't wait to hear Patrick's perspective on this, um, having a little bit longer doing it than me. But, uh, you know, it was uh, jobs were kind of hard to come by back then. You know, we were grossly underpaid, I would think, as compared to others in other industries. And, you know, as Andy says, you know, that's we evolved from sort of the greasy guy wandering around in the back corners of the airport to somebody who's an integral and critical part of the team. We see, you know, at least in business aviation, I see owners recognize the importance of the AMP and um, the expertise they bring to the table. And, and you know, here we are at the end of the day, we're, we're scrambling for talent, at least at the MRO level, for sure. Patrick, I'd imagine you've seen this field change quite a bit over your time in the industry. When I got started, A-track players, I don't even think was invented yet, and surely not cell phones or anything of that nature. So A&T mechanics back when I began was a critical part of the industry for repair, you know, even with dope and rag back then. And like Andy said, you know, computers have taken over. It's not uncommon to see a mechanic working with a computer on his toolbox or or an, an iPad. There's a huge change. I mean, aviation is, is similar to televisions. I mean, it, it changes every two to three years. And the evolution that it's going to continue to change is uh, amazing. I just find that uh, mechanics today have gained a lot of respect for the industry and, and, and the challenges that where we used to, when I was growing up in it, mostly the chief pilot was the head of the pack. And not so much today. Patrick, is it as satisfying for you to solve a problem on a business aircraft using an iPad as it is to get your hands dirty, as it were, and figure it out with more analog methods? I think that the safety factor has got stronger with the computerized systems that they have today. The computer has done a lot for the business. Lindsay, how have you seen the AMT role evolve during your time in the industry, and what parts of the job do you find most satisfying? Yeah, being the, the youngest out of all of us, even the, the six years that I've been in the industry, 
coming into it, and there's still that perception that it's a lot of, you know, mechanical and hands-on stuff. And, and it has to be a very good kind of all-around technician nowadays. You have to be willing to jump into the avionics side of the house. There isn't a separation between the, the mechanical and the electrical that the perception still holds that there is. And that's one reason to why I love it and I'm, I feel like that's continuously satisfying me is that there's always something new to learn. I mean, you can sit in the cockpit nowadays and go through the maintenance computer on the plane and, and do your troubleshooting with that and kind of have that inner young child fascination that comes back of, you know, okay, well, how is this exactly still talking to each other and, and, and operating when it's a system that maybe you haven't worked on in a while? You're just constantly growing and it reminds you just like as a kid when you see a plane fly by you're like wow like I'm making that get off the ground and helping it to function safely and provide people with an extra service more than just you know going from point A to point B. We'll have more in just a moment but first this word from NBAA. NBAA flight plan listeners you get your weekly news here are you getting the latest daily headlines? The NBAA Insider Daily News Service puts the news you need in your hands every weekday morning, free of charge. Don't miss out. Subscribe today at nbaa.org daily. We're back now with Lindsay Price, Nathan Winkle, Patrick Delahousse, and Andy Keel, four AMTs out of thousands in the aviation industry who are celebrating National AMT Day. Of course, today also provides the opportunity for us to spotlight this profession as a potential career path for future generations. Lindsay, what aspects of the AMT role would you want to highlight to those who may be unfamiliar with what exactly AMTs do? The biggest thing for me coming into the the industry was just to realize that you're you're more than just a wrench turner. Um, There's many different avenues that you can take within it. Like with Amway, I'm, I'm able to be a flight technician as well. So I fly with the plane, I get to travel, and then have that customer service relationship with our executives uh, that work for Amway, providing them a service, right, kind of face-to-face interaction. And then also with our type of operation, I mean, you can do anything from servicing a battery one day to tearing down tires and wheels and then turning around and planning a a safety meeting or troubleshooting something. I mean, it's it's what you want to make of it. There's so many different options that keep your day different. Would you agree, Patrick? Lindsay had a great response on the diversified uh, career path you could take in aviation. A lot of the talks that I've given at the local university, MTSU and other universities has been the point that you don't just have to be a mechanic in today's society or this world in aviation, there's a lot of paths you can take. And I would probably be a great example of that, which my resume would show that all the different jobs I've had doing or have done in aviation. So I think that my biggest answer would be that diversified career path in aviation. I mean, it's a lot of directions you can go. Andy, what do you think? I think Lindsay had a great answer. I agree with everything she said. You know, I'll add just just the, the responsibility of being an AMT, especially in a corporate flight department, uh, you could be managing a multi-million dollar annual budget asset management of the the aircraft, how to maintain it, where to maintain it, upgrades, how to keep uh, the the asset valued to the highest standard is is a lot to bear. And it's you know that's that's not something that I, I believe a lot of uh, young folks know you know could be something that they could pursue. And I think the the perception of 
the AMT is changing and, you know, helping invigorate young folks is the challenge we have, right? So how do we get new people who who want that level of, of leadership and responsibility and management? How do we get those folks interested? And uh, that's our challenge. That's the things that we're working on in the industry. And it's a great place to be if that's the, the level of responsibility that you seek in your career. Nathan, what are your thoughts? I think these guys have all <clears throat> knocked that answer out of the park. What I would say is just echoing Lindsay's comment that no two days are the same, right? So you asked a question about, you know, does it is it more satisfying or as satisfying to fix a la- uh, airplane with a laptop or an iPad as it is to fix an airplane the conventional way, right? And so the answer to that is AMTs are problem solvers at their core. That's what they like to do. And whether it's solving the problem of fixing the airplane, fixing the budget, fixing the safety program, those types of things, that, that's who we are, that's what we do. So being able to have that satisfaction that knowing we solved it, standing out on the airport before the whole city wakes up watching the sunrise, being able to have a confident look from a flight crew, knowing that the professionalism and the expertise that AMT is bringing to the equation. Kind of shifting the question a bit now, Nathan, what piece of advice do you wish you'd had at the very start of your AMT career? Network, network, network. You know, these airplanes are so complex. And as Andy said earlier, you know, ANP stands for all purpose, and especially in the corporate flight operation. And I think that it's it's uh, important for all maintenance folks, especially in the corporate flight department, to recognize While you may be tasked to do many different things, you're not expected to be an expert at all things. What you should have, though, is a great network of people who you can lean on when you have things. Maybe you don't know how to do a budget. Maybe you're not familiar with a particular type of airplane, or maybe you haven't ever delivered a new aircraft. Those types of things and and many, many others, I think having that really established network is so important. The other reason that is so important, and and huge shout out to the MBAA for creating a pathway for all of us, regardless of discipline, to be able to network. But the other thing that becomes really helpful is aviation is all about change and eventually you're likely to have to change a job right it's it's rare that folks are able to stay with a company for their entire career and your network that you build now the brand that you create of yourself now is going to pay dividends for you later on when you need it lindsay what lessons do you wish you could share with yourself back when you were first entering the amt field i think early on kind of the the biggest thing that that I kind of did was like try to pigeonhole myself into this like cookie cutter type of perception of what I was going to be doing and what I wanted to do with the career and you know I think back of how I used to sit in electrical class and was like oh man do I really ever want to do anything like avionics related and I think it's just important to have an open mindset about all the different possibilities that sh- that your career can entail and it's all based on on what you want to put yourself out there to doing so i think looking long run students could really surprise themselves on what they enjoy doing that they wouldn't have thought they would have done in the past so just be willing to to jump in and learn whatever you can and then you know more importantly do it with a positive attitude you know, as Nathan just said, that the industry is constantly changing, and uh, that's the same thing goes for even a simple task. You know, you may do it 
one day and a couple of years down the road, you know, a new innovative, easier way to do it comes out and, you know, you don't want to be stuck in your ways. You kind of want to adapt and, and learn about it and move forward with it. And it's important to, to be a team player and to make sure that they keep those connections and don't burn any bridges. It's such a small industry that, I mean, you never know. You can just be having a conversation with someone over coffee one day and, and the next, you know, couple of years down the road, you're doing a job interview in front of them. Andy? I would tell my younger self to research what going into aviation as a career choice really means. I think on the business aviation side, our workforce development teams are challenged with ensuring that Part 147 schools really teach our young kids options, right? They're, I, I believe they're so entrenched and focused on uh, conditioning folks to enter into the airline side of things that business aviation is often overlooked or, in my opinion, maybe not uh, focused on as much as it should as a potential career path. And fortunately for me, due to networking, 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 I was able to find an opportunity and I, I essentially fell into this side of aviation. And I'm very thankful for that. I believe it's been said already, but there's no two days that are the same. You know, one day we may be uh, presenting options for maintenance needs of an aircraft or, or management of an aircraft and wearing a suit and tie that day, but could be something fuel the very next day. So it's a, it's a great balance if that's what you're looking for. Never bored, always learning, always uh, advancing. And I look at other career paths and I, I just don't see the excitement. I don't mind coming to work every day. I think it's a great industry to be in. It's always a challenge. It's got that mystique and cool factor about it, right? You have friends and, and family that think it's pretty cool what we get to do every day. And that's because it is. We all catch ourselves sometimes standing on the ramp and, and watching an airplane take off and kind of catch yourself daydreaming a little bit because it is such a neat thing that we get to do. So yeah, it's great. And Patrick, what would you have told your younger self when getting started as an AMT? I always try to tell the students when I meet with them that, you know, networking is important. Safety is always there. But keep your mind and your abilities open for challenges. You know, don't walk from them and admit a mistake when you made one. So I've tried to do that in my career as I finished up and understanding where aviation is going to go. As an aircraft maintenance technician, the challenges that aviation has brought forth in the new equipment is quite interesting to me. It's really interesting to see the evolution of the airplane, where it came from. I recently visited the Ford Museum in Michigan, and they have all of the Wright Brothers paraphernalia, their shop and all that over there. And, and to look back, you know, on, on that on that airplane and that's in that process, what they went through to build the airplane and where it is today it's so interesting. I mean, it's just amazing. You know, it's just to see the evolution of the airplane and where it's at today. For the latest information about trends affecting the AMT profession and tips for maintaining proficiency in that role, visit nbaa.org maintenance. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts in the App Store, wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking Alexa or another connected device, or download them from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and we'll be off next week to commemorate Memorial Day in the U.S., but be sure to join us Monday, June 7th for a new episode of Flight Plan. Flight Plan.